Chapter 13 Talking to Rachel helped. A little, anyway. I spent the night in my little drawer in Jake's attic. I spent the next day flying around, waiting for my friends to get out of school. In some ways, I realized my situation wasn't all bad. For one thing, I had no homework. For another, I could fly. How many average kids can hit 40 miles per hour in level flight and break 80 in a stoop, a dive? I went to the beach and rode the thermals there. It was best where the cliffs pressed right up against the blue ocean. I saw some prey, some mice and voles in the grass along the top of the cliff, but I ignored them. I was Tobias. I was human. Jake had called a meeting for all of us for that evening in his room. Tom, Jake's brother, would be away at a meeting of the sharing. The sharing is a front for the Yerks. They pretend it's just some kind of Boy Scouts or whatever, but its real purpose is to recruit voluntary hosts for the Yerks. I've gotten into the habit of checking people's watches from up in the air. Also, you know how banks sometimes will have a big sign showing the time and temperature? Those are helpful, too. It's strange the things you miss when you lose your human body. Like showers. Like really sleeping, all the way, totally passed out. Or like knowing what time it is. In the afternoon, I flew back to the school. I drifted around overhead till it let out. Then I waited till I saw Jake, Rachel, Cassie, and Marco come out. They came out separately. Marco had pointed out that it was bad security for them to be seen together all the time. I followed the bus with Jake and Rachel in it. They lived closest, each a few blocks away from each other. Marco lived in some apartments on the other side of the boulevard. He lived with just his dad, since his mom drowned a few years ago. Cassie had to travel farthest, out to the farm, which was about a mile from the others. For me, it was about a three-minute flight. Like I say, there are some good things about having wings. I guess, really, it's okay most of the time. Really. I floated on a nice thermal above Jake's house, waiting for him to get home. I saw him get off the bus and go inside. I couldn't see Rachel from where I was because there were trees in the way, but I did see Marco for just a second or two. I concentrated on watching my friends. That way I didn't notice the squirrels and the trees as much, or the mice that poked their little noses from their holes and sniffed the air. After a while, I saw Tom leave Jake's house. Tom looks just like Jake, only he's bigger and has shorter hair. I'd never really known Tom well, but it was during the doomed attempt to rescue him from the Yerkpool that I was trapped. He headed down the street, acting nonchalant. Then, a block away, a car pulled up and opened a door. He jumped in. Off to his meeting of the sharing. After a while, I saw the others start to head for Jake's house. I could identify Rachel easily. She was practicing for her gymnastics as she walked. She would walk along the edges of curbs, pretending they were balance beams. I flew in Jake's window once everyone was there. I didn't want it to look like I'd been hanging around all that time with nothing to do. About time, Marco said. We've all been waiting here for like an hour. They'd been there for about two minutes. I'm a busy bird, I said. I lost track of time. We better make this kind of quick, Cassie said. Miss Lambert gave us papers to write by day after tomorrow, and I promised my dad I'd help him release this great horned owl. He was a mess. He'd landed on a power line and got fried. But he's ready to go now. We have a habitat picked out. Friend of yours, Tobias? Marco teased me. The others all shot him nasty looks. 
but the truth was, it made me feel okay to be teased by Marco. Marco teased everyone. We hawks don't hang with owls, I said. They do nights, we mostly do days. He's a beautiful animal, Cassie said. I see them sometimes at night, I said. They're amazing. So cool. Totally silent. Their wings don't make a sound. One can fly an inch in front of your face, and you won't hear it. Um, okay, look. If Cassie has to get going, maybe we'd better deal with business, Jake said. Yeah, if you two are done with the bird talk part of the meeting, Marco added. I have to get going soon, too, Rachel said. She looked a little embarrassed. My gymnastics class is putting on an exhibition at the mall. Oh, I'm there, Marco crowed. No, you are not there, Rachel snapped. None of you is going near that place. You know how I feel about putting on stupid exhibitions. Rachel is not one of those people who like to perform in front of a crowd. We have learned how the Yerks get their air and water, Jake said, trying to get down to business. And we know where they do it. And we more or less know when. There ought to be some way for us to use this information. Any ideas? Rachel shrugged. We try and find a way to destroy the ship. Marco raised his hand like he was in class. Uh, How about if we, um, go back to talking about birds? Rachel ignored him, as she usually did. Look, we find some way to destroy that ship, and maybe the Yerks will run out of air and water. Maybe that will even mean they have to give up and go home. Maybe, Cassie said. Or they may have a dozen more of those ships in different places all over the Earth. We don't know how many ships they have. This one would be all we need, if Marco began to say. Then I guess he realized he was about to suggest something dangerous. I mean, nothing. What? Jake asked him. What were you going to say? Marco looked trapped. He shrugged. Okay, look, what if that ship didn't get blown up or disintegrated or whatever? What if it was flying over the city, and suddenly the cloaking device was turned off? We were all silent while we thought about that image. Suddenly, a million people would look up in the sky and see a ship the size of a skyscraper. People would probably notice it, Jake said. Oh, yeah, they would notice it, Rachel agreed. Radar would see it, too. A million eyewitnesses. The controllers would never be able to cover it up. People would videotape it, I said. They would take pictures. There would be radar tapes. Jake grinned. The whole world would see. The entire human race would realize what was happening. He was getting excited now. And then we could go to the authorities. The controllers wouldn't be able to stop us. We could tell all we know. Rachel's eyes were gleaming. We could tell them about the sharing. We could turn in Chapman. And you figure Visser 3 and his pals are just going to sit around and do nothing? Marco asked. Like you said, we have no idea how many ships they have, or how much power. Jake looked a little disappointed. They don't have enough power to attack Earth openly, I said. And how do you know that? Marco asked. Because they're going to a lot of trouble to keep themselves a big secret. You don't hide if you're tough enough to come out and kick butt in a fair fight. I expected Marco to have some smart comeback, but he just nodded. Yeah, you're right. This could be our big chance, Rachel said. Uncloak that ship so the whole world can see. I hate to ask this, Marco said with a groan. But how do you think you're going to do that? It was Jake who answered. We'll have to get inside that ship. He winked at Marco. Want to know how? Marco shook his head. Not really. Through the water pipes. As fish. Marco sighed. Jake, I just told you I didn't want to know.